Open your Bibles, if you would, the book of John, uh, chapter 1. When I was little, the church that I used to, uh, that I went to, used to have testimonial services. Someone would stand and uh, tell a little bit about their sins of their past, and they would say something about the coming home drunk, and beating on their wives and their family. And then some sickness or some tragedy happened in their life, and through that they got saved. There's nothing wrong with giving your testimony. Uh, but you know, we're we're going to, to look today at a testimony that, that John the Baptist gave about Jesus Christ. Uh, let me say this: there, there is something terribly wrong with our testimony if it's more uh, about us than it is about Jesus. Um, as we look at John chapter 1, we're going to begin reading verses, verse number 19 this morning. I've entitled this message, uh, This is My Story. I asked Brother um, Dean to add that to the, uh, to the, uh, the list today. This is my story, uh, Blessed Assurance. I had a hard time finding that in the book. I I knew this is my story. I was like, what's the name of that song? What's the name of that song? And I, I had to look it up on the internet to find out it was Blessed Assurance. And so, okay, that'd be easy. I go back to the book and look up Blessed Assurance. And guess what? It's not there. <laughs> it's not listed in the back, but it's in the book. So I don't understand all that, but we found it. And I hope you really listened to that chorus and talked about, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Uh, what is your story? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This is my story. Um, and uh, uh, if, if we're going to give a testimony, let it be about Jesus, about his goodness and his grace and, and about his long suffering and, and, and he, that he has extended toward us. I have a story. You have a story. And our stories are very much similar. Because our stories are basically this. We are great sinners who have a great Savior. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we read our text, starting with John chapter 1, starting with verse number 19. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they, they which were sent were of the, the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done and Bethabara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. 
The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not. But that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode on him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Unto whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for all your blessings in our lives and the, the, the wonderful answer to, your, to our prayers. Dear Lord, we're so thankful that you're sitting there on the throne listening to our heart's desire and, and answering prayer. And, 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 uh, and you'll hear all of our concerns in our lives. And we're so thankful for that blessing. I pray, dear Lord, you would just help us as we look at this passage of Scripture that we might see uh, the testimony of, uh, of John and and how that we have a testimony that we can share and our responsibility to serve you and to, to, to pull other people to, to direct them to Jesus, dear Lord. I pray, dear Lord, you would just help us to understand the, the text and, and apply it to our lives as you see fit. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. We love you. We thank you for your love and mercy in our, on, on us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Amen. Here in the beginning of the Apostle John's Gospel, you have the record of the ministry of John the Baptist. Earlier, we've already seen where John bear witness of the light that Jesus is the Son of God. This is what we know about John the Baptist. First of all, we know that he was a man that was sent from God. Uh, and we know that he had been given a special job. And that job was to introduce the Lord Jesus. Notice what the Bible says in verse 19. And this is the record of John. This is the record. This is what happened. Uh, and John uses this word three times. You see it in verse 19. Now look down at verse number 32. And it says, and John bear record saying. And then again down at verse 34. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. The three times that John uses this word record, he is speaking of his testimony. He is saying, this is my story. This is what I want to share with you. This is what I want you to know about me. This is what I want you to know about you and about the Lord Jesus and about how you can have everlasting life. As we make our way through the gospel of John, we're going to see over and over again that John states that uh, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the only means of getting salvation. Uh, now let me tell you our story. First of all, our story begins here. We need a Savior. Uh, it doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. All people everywhere have a universal need of a Savior. Our greatest need is a Savior. Notice that sometime before Jesus left the carpenter's shop, sometime before he revealed himself as the Messiah, John the Baptist was out there uh, near the Jordan River uh, preaching, and he was preparing people for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
By the way, there's only one way to prepare for the, uh, the hearts of men for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There, there's only one way to get ready for the appearance of the Lord Jesus. And that one way is the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, folks, must we must be focused. Uh, we must be I have our laser, lasers pointed to the task of making people ready uh, for the coming of the Lord Jesus. The most effective way of doing that is preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only means for salvation. Well, that's what John was doing. John was preaching repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was announcing to the world that Jesus is coming. The Messiah is on his way and this is how we must get ready. Now John is preaching. He's out in the desert. He had, he had, he's several miles away from, from Jerusalem. Uh, he's, uh, uh, he's not only preaching, but there are large crowds of people that are, are coming to him to hear him preach. Uh, not only is, is he preaching, but there's, uh, John is also baptizing those folks who, who believe in, in his message. Now you know what's going to happen. At this point, you, you know that not everyone is going to be happy when someone gets saved. I don't understand uh, how you could be a believer and not get excited about a person getting saved. John was preaching, and big crowds are gathering around him, and it caught the attention of the religious leaders of Jerusalem. And so they sent a delegation, not to rejoice, not to get happy, but they sent a delegation to find out just who he is. And what in the world could he be up to? Notice what the Bible says in verse number 20. It says, and they asked him, who art thou? Or who are you? Uh, he, he says, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Uh, now that's kind of a strange wording, isn't it? He confessed, he denied not, he said that I am not the Christ. Why is he being so strong with his words? Because John wanted the Jews to know, uh, from Jerusalem to know that, that, that what we better, uh, he wanted them to know what we better know today. And that, that there is only one Savior and it's not us. Uh, you see our pride may have us to believe that, uh, oh, Oh, we might have a few issues here or there, uh, but it's it's not the kind of issue that we can't handle. Uh, it, it's the kind of issue that we, we can just work through. Uh, it, it's something that we can solve ourselves. We'll be okay. Just give us some time. Give us some education. Give us a better environment, and we'll work it all out. Well, and they asked John, who are you? John said, uh, I'm not the Christ. Uh, I, they, they didn't ask him that. Uh, but John goes right, right to the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is that, we, uh, that all of us stand in need of salvation. And none of us can be saved ourselves. We can save ourselves. Uh, so John says, I'm not the Christ. Well, then they move on and, and, and we get to verse 21 and, and they ask him, oh, what then? Are you Elijah? Are you that prophet? Are you Elijah? Or what would make them think that he was Elijah? Um, was it that John the Baptist would... Uh, what, what was it about John the Baptist that would make him think that he was Elijah? 
Uh, maybe it was his dress. Maybe it was his roughness. Maybe it was his ruggedness. It was something about John the Baptist that reminded them of Elijah. Got, a, got, a, got an alarm We're going somewhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, they, they asked, are you Elijah? They said, are you that prophet? And, and they were referring to the prophet that was mentioned back in Deuteronomy chapter 18, where it talked about there was a greater prophet coming, a prophet that's greater than, than Moses. Moses had been on the mountain with God, but he said there's a greater prophet than Moses that's coming. What could be greater than the prophet uh, that could be what could be a great prophet than one who had been on the mountain with God? I tell you, who would be greater than Moses is the one who dwelled eternally with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. They were looking for that prophet, and they said, "If you're not Elijah, then you must be that prophet that is coming." So they asked, "Who are you? Are you the Son of God?" John's testimony reminds us that we are not God and that we need a Savior. It also reminds us that we don't have to be squeezed into the box of what religious people think we ought to be. Are you Elijah? John could have said, yeah, I kind of think about it. Yeah, I guess I am. Uh, are you that prophet? Well, I haven't thought about it, but uh, uh, maybe I am. No, John was content to be the person God made him to be. And John was content to do the work that God had given him to do. What do you, what do you say about yourself? I know people are, are not asking you, are you Elijah? Uh, they're not asking you if you're that prophet. But people are still trying to squeeze us into their mold to make us something that we are not. The greatest thing that you could ever say about yourself, whether you're a new Christian or whether you're an older Christian, whether you're a Baptist or whatever you are, the greatest thing that you could ever say about yourself is just what Paul said about himself. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. That's who we are. That's that We are what we are by the grace of God. We get a little bit proud and we'll begin to brag and to boast and strut a little bit about our spiritual accomplishments, I want to remind you today that if it were not for the grace of God, we would all be on the road to hell. It is by His grace that we are what we are. Then notice what He says in verse 22. It says, They say unto Him, Who art thou? That, that we may give an answer to them that sent us what sayest of thyself? Who are you? Look at verse 23. He says, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And now he's quoting Isaiah 40. Uh, and by the way, all four Gospels record this account that takes place in Isaiah chapter 40. And John the Baptist says what all good preachers ought to say, the word of God says. I don't know what you thought about Billy Graham, but one thing he said over and over again in his message was, the Bible says, the Bible says, here's John the Baptist and he's preaching, and he said, the Bible says, I'm not Elijah, I'm not that prophet that is greater than Moses, 
I'm just God's man for the hour, and this is what I'm saying. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. In Isaiah 40, the context there, the image there, is of the arrival of a king. That there would be a group that would go ahead of the king, and they would make all the high spots at the pathway level. They would fill in the potholes. They would make sure that the arrival of the king would be smooth. John the Baptist said, I'm not that prophet Elijah or that prophet. John simply said, I'm God's man with God's message. God's message is you better prepare because the king is coming. Listen, there's no greater message than that. Prepare for the king is coming. So he says, I'm not that prophet, but I'm, I am one that is take, talking about the, that prophet that is to come, the Lord Jesus Christ. So first of all, my story is this. I'm a sinner. I'm a great sinner, but I have a great Savior. My job, my responsibility is not to save myself. My job, my responsibility is to point men and women, boys and girls to the only one who can save them, and that's Jesus Christ. This is my story. And guess what? That's your story. You can't save yourself. By the way, you rely on religious ritualism. That's your attempt to save yourself. Following all the ins and outs of religion is all designed to make people believe that they are saving themselves. There's no salvation in the ordinances of the church. You don't get saved by being baptized. You don't get saved by taking the Lord's Supper. There is no salvation to anyone outside the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary. This is, my story is this, I'm a great sinner, but thank God I have a great Savior. Amen. The second thing I want us to say about this story is this, our greatest privilege, our greatest privilege is to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, I'm a great sinner, but, I, but I've been saved by a great Savior. Now, my greatest privilege in life is to serve the one who saved me. I hope you feel that way today. I hope you could say today honestly and in the presence of God that the greatest privilege that I've ever had in my life, the greatest thing that has ever happened to me is that I've been saved and now I have enlisted in the service of the Lord. For example, when, when what originally drew the attention of, of Jews to John the Baptist well, large numbers of people were coming and they were getting baptized. Look what it says in verse number 25. And they asked him and said, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, uh, neither that prophet? Why are you engaged in such a serious act as baptism? There, there is some speculation, and I have not been able to confirm it, uh, but there is some speculation that in that day, that if a Gentile converted to Judaism, that he was baptized. Some will say that it was that, that was the practice, and some will say that it was not the practice. But whatever the case, these Jews knew that baptism was a religious practice that was serious. Because they said, why are you baptizing? They said, and, and they seemed to recognize that baptism was important. So they asked John, why are you baptizing? Let me, 
Let me just tell you this, that John was doing what he was doing because he considered it a privilege to serve the Lord Jesus. I want you to see something. John said, I'm not worthy to unlatch his shoes. John is saying to us today, my duty, my privilege is to serve the Lord Jesus. He's saying, I, I would take off the Lord's shoes, but I'm not worthy to do that. Can I say this? We will never be the servants of God. We will never be used of God in the way that God wants to use us until, first of all, we realize that we are nothing and that Jesus is everything. I mean, I mean, we're really nothing. You may say, well, I have an education. I don't care if you've got a Ph.D. We're nothing. Uh, you may say, I've got a lot of money. I don't care if the banks have to come to you and ask for a loan. We're nothing. Doesn't matter how much experience we have at doing whatever it is that we do. We are not doing God a favor by doing what we do. We are nothing and Jesus is everything. He is the Son of God. He is the one that can save. John says, I'm not worthy to take his shoes off. He said, I baptize because there's one coming after me that has preferred before me. I'm here serving because it's the Lord Jesus. Can I ask you how you look at serving the Lord? How do you look at what you do for the Lord? Now I want to be kind, but I want to be plain. It's a sad day when people serve the Lord and serve the church and act as though they're doing both a favor. It's a sad day when we think that we have done God a favor for serving Him. Friend, I'm going to tell you that there are, uh, that, that anything we can do for God, regardless of what we give to God, regardless of what we do for God, regardless of, of how much talent we use for God, at the end of the day, all we can say is we are unprofitable servants. Listen. You will never put God in debt to you. You will never put God in debt to you. But you say, well, I, I've given a lot of money. You will never put God in debt to you. I, I've gone months and never missed Sunday school. You will never put God in debt to you. Did you, did you not hear me sing? Didn't you see me use my talents for God? You will never put God in debt to you. We do what we do because it is our privilege to serve the Lord Jesus. David Livingstone left England. He left his home and went to Africa and served the Lord and preached the gospel in Africa. And as an old man, they interviewed him. They asked him about the sacrifices that he made in service to the Lord. And this is what that missionary said. He said, people talk about the sacrifices I've made in spending uh, so much time uh, in Africa. It is emphatically not a sacrifice, but rather it is a privilege. I never made a sacrifice. I'm not sure how, how you can make a sacrifice to the Lord Jesus Christ when you consider Calvary. I'm not sure in light of what Jesus went through leading up to the cross, in light of the suffering, the agony, the pain, 
in light of being made sin for us, I don't think that any of us could say, I have sacrificed for Jesus. When we consider Calvary, we haven't made a sacrifice. Every once in a while, a preacher will speak up and say, you know, I gave up a good career to be a preacher. I guess you ought to go back. Seriously? We think we gave up something to serve Jesus? Don't feel that way. Don't say that. Uh, in light of our Lord, in light of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, sacrifice, give up something? Are you serious? It is a privilege. It is an honor to be able to serve the Lord Jesus. You feel the privilege of serving Jesus? The religious leaders had asked John why he was baptizing. That was their question in verse 25, but John's answer really didn't come until verse number 31. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore I come baptizing with water. John said, this is what it's all about. You, you want to know why I'm back, uh, here in the wilderness preaching? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, you want to know why I'm out here baptizing those who have shown repentance? Here's what it's all about. It, it, it is so that the Lord Jesus Christ will be made known to Israel. Folks, I, I need to tell you that, that everything that we do has got to be about Jesus. Just because it takes place in the Baptist church doesn't mean it's all about Jesus. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff being done in the name of Christianity today that has very little to do with Jesus. But I'm saying to you today that, that all we do here at Calvary Baptist Church, it has got to point to, it's got to exalt uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Or, or we better leave it alone. You see, it's all about Jesus. John the Baptist put it this way. He must increase, but I must decrease. I want to say that today. I want to say that about me. I want Christ to increase. And I want to decrease. That's what I want to say about our church. I want Jesus to increase and our church to decrease. You say, well... You're going to cut into our offerings if you do that. I mean, we're not going to raise that much money. We're, we're not going to be able to do this or do that. Let me tell you, when you exalt Jesus to the neglect of yourself or your little organization, when you exalt Jesus above all, it's amazing how that God takes care of all the other details and blesses your efforts. I'm here to tell you that it's all about Jesus. Uh, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about this church, it's about Jesus. So John says, that's why I'm here. I'm here to announce to Jesus, uh, announce Jesus to the nation of Israel. I want them to know who Jesus is. I want them to experience who Jesus is. The purpose of the ministry of John is the same purpose that we have as a church. And that is to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. To the point, and to point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, my story is, I'm a great sinner, but I have a great Savior. My story is, anything 
I do for God is a privilege. It's an honor. There's a final thing I want us to see today. Our greatest responsibility is to point others to Jesus. Three times, John uses the word record or testimony. It's a legal term. John is saying, what I'm telling you, what I'm delivering to you, there is, there, there's a meaning of authority connected with it. It is a record. It's proven. It's legitimate. He says, I'm sharing this record with you. One of the greatest statements about the ministry of John the Baptist didn't come while he was out uh, baptizing along the Jordan River. Uh, the greatest statement about John's ministry came after John was dead. Uh, it is found in, in, in uh, John chapter 10, verse 41. It says, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. Can I tell you today that when you give your testimony, it doesn't matter how bad you think you were. What really matters when we give our testimony is how good Jesus really is. I don't know about you, but I sometimes kind of feel guilty. Sometimes people put out the celebrity out front or an athlete. They'll put some famous person out there and they'll talk about how bad their life was and what great sinners that they were. And they were in some hotel room somewhere shooting up heroin and miraculously and gloriously they were saved. And for a long time I heard those kind of things and I kind of felt a little guilty that, that I had not done that. Uh, my testimony is, is different. My testimony was kind of like this. I was, my dad was a preacher. I was born on a Thursday, and I was in church that following Sunday. Uh, they, they, used, they used to give away pens for perfect Sunday school attendance. Three months, six months, one year. Did they do that when you were at Brother Dean? Yes, sir. Maybe some others remember those pens. Attendance pens. And I, I had a pen, and I had several bars on it, you know. I was exposed to the gospel from day one. And, and, and when I got to the point that I knew I was a sinner, and I knew if I didn't get saved, I'd go to hell, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins and to save me for the, for the judgment to come. I know you all probably yawn and get that story. It's not that exciting. It's no heroin. There's no drunkenness. There's no sex involved in that. Just a 12-year-old boy that got saved. That's not an exciting testimony. That wouldn't interest anybody. Let me tell you something. Ask your mama which one she would rather be, your her son. That one that experienced the depths of sin or that one that was saved at an early age? Let me ask you this question. Which one required more of the grace of God? Did it take any more of the grace of God to save the drug user, the alcoholic? than it did to save the preacher's kid? Not at all. So I would say to you that our testimony is not about us. Our testimony is about the goodness and the greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It doesn't matter how bad you were. It matters how good Jesus is. It doesn't matter if you were uh, are, are 5 or 50 when you were saved. It's not about how good you were. It's not about who you were. It's not uh, what your family was like. It's about the goodness of God. Every testimony has to be about Jesus and is what Jesus and, and what Jesus accomplished. Notice what happens in our text now. Look at verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming to him and saith, Behold, 
the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. Understand that the Jews during this time were looking for the coming of the Messiah. They had the Old Testament prophets. They were looking forward to the Deliverer. They were looking for someone uh, to get them out from underneath the oppression of the Roman Empire. The Romans had an iron grip around the neck of Israel. They wanted to uh, deliverance and freedom. And they were their only hope was not in military strength, uh, but it was in the coming of the Messiah. And they thought surely that the Messiah would be a political deliverer. Uh, they were looking for a political for their political situation at the political situation and their greatest at their greatest need. They overlooked the reality that their greater need that we have, the need that is greater than physical, is greater than emotional, is a spiritual need. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We don't need a better Supreme Court justice. We don't need a better environment. We don't. We just need Jesus. We, we can, he came to take away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. They weren't looking for a lamb. They were looking for a lion. Someone with strength and authority who would show the Romans who was in control. Jesus didn't. Instead, this is what Jesus said, did. Jesus took one of their coins and said, whose inscription is on it? Okay. Surrender unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. That was not the language of a Messiah. Yes, it was. It was the language of the Messiah. It is the language that you need to hear when you think our greatest need today is political. I assure you that we have plenty of political problems. The answer to our political problems is Jesus. The description of Jesus as being the Lamb of God is found in other places in the Bible. In the book of Revelation, John said he had a vision. God allowed him to see something. He saw the throne. He saw the throne room of heaven. And John was transported into that heavenly scene. And he sees the throne in all of its grandeur and splendor. And he said, the Lamb is sitting on the throne. This Lamb that came to take away the sin of the world, he's not dead. This Lamb that came to take away the sin of the world, he is, he is being praised at this very hour, at this very second. He is being praised by the angelic choir in heaven, and they are falling down in the presence of the Lamb. One who died on the cross and sits on the throne for all eternity. For all eternity, we will praise the name of Jesus. Behold the Lamb who taketh away the sins of the world. Here's my story. I'm a great sinner, but I have a great Savior. And it's a privilege. Whatever the Lord wants me to do in service for Him, it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's by grace. Lastly, I want to tell you about my story and your story. Our greatest responsibility is to point people to Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I want to tell you folks something in closing. This is a good, good church. We've got a lot of good folks here. We have a lot of good love here. Good fellowship. But as good as this church is, she cannot give eternal life to a soul. If you'd become a part of us, you would like it. 
but we can't save you. If you would just fellowship with us, you would fit in. But you wouldn't go to heaven. Because salvation is not in the church. The church didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. Salvation is in Jesus. Our only purpose for existing is to glorify God by pointing people to Jesus as the Savior of the world. Whether we do it through our youth activities or whether we do it through our musical program or whether we do it through our fall festival or whether we do it through our preaching, it is all about pointing people to Jesus. He's the only one that can save you. And I tell you with all authority of the word of God and of heaven above that he will save you if you come to Jesus. I don't know what your need is this morning.